In just one generation, the internet connected people across the globe. And now, slow news days are a thing of the past. It's a lot to keep track of, but WHIP has you covered with local, national, and international stories. Join us for a rational look at a complex world. This is Rational Radio on WHIP. Hello and welcome to Rational Radio. I'm Dan Wanzer. Alongside me, Evan Harris, Alicia Bonney. Guys, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you guys? I'm doing fantastic. Excited for the day. Excited for the show. A- anything anything exciting going on, guys? Hmm, yeah, I finished much. all my midterms, so that's a win for me. I did not finish all my midterms, I don't <laughs> think. But... They're coming along, so that's cool. Progress is being made. We're all just getting by. We're getting yeah, by. We're getting that's by. a good way to put it. That's that's life. Yes. But we we got a we got a few spicy stories for everyone, so we'll just we'll just jump right into it. And the first one is apparently Special Counsel Robert Mueller um, is ready to deliver his findings. Um, this has been something that has been coming for for quite a while. A couple years, I would say. Well, yeah, at very least. Well, yeah, I guess you, you could say a couple years. Um, so the story here is obviously Robert Mueller has been investigating whether or not um, President Trump and his administration colluded with the Russians or a foreign government um, to win the 2016 presidential election. Um, something that's been in the news obviously forever. We've talked about it a lot on this show just this semester, last semester in yep. general. And... I mean, it's it's here. It's, it's not going to be released, one of the big things. It will not be released before the midterm elections. And it may not even be released to the public. Um, but with everything going on and people saying, well, is Mueller going to find anything? This not saying he has. Um, people calling the entire, the entire investigation fake news. Um, we may find out pretty soon... What, was, what it was made of. Yeah. I mean, we, we may also find out nothing until yes. things are... Put out to the public, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's interesting. I'll th- yeah. throw it over to you. Evan, My, um, I was always under the uh, in- interpretation that um, like the Russians definitely there was definitely some meddling in the election. Now whether that whether Trump knew about it or not is the big decider there. And if he did know about it, that would then incriminate him with uh, for colluding with a foreign government uh, in the election. Yeah, I, I would agree heard. with you. Yeah, um, because I don't. I also am am of a similar thinking, where I don't think we're still trying to figure out did Russia attempt to influence the United States election. Most mm. people, I think, would agree with you and say, well, well, yeah, they did. Yes. And that's that's a whole nother can of worms because obviously that's something people wouldn't like, but mm-hmm. it's also something the United States does on the regular. Yes, when it comes to other other countries' mm-hmm. elections. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we digress with that a little bit. But the bigger question is, like you said, um, was the now president, then candidate Trump, involved in this in this meddling, in this collusion? And if so, um, we're in for a lot. Yeah. Or as well as, are they investigating Don Jr. as well? Well, they're investigating the entire administration. Right. So essentially the way the investigation works is, okay, well, if we start at baseline A and say there, there was collusion, let me rephrase. Not saying there was collusion. There was an attempt by the Russian government to influence the election. Correct. Then the question goes, well, who knew about it? 
So, so then you go around the table, and it's like, all right, well, you start maybe with, with some diplomats. Did, did this person know about it? And then you get closer and closer to the top of the administration. So you go through advisors. You go through campaign managers. You go through whatever it, cabinet members. Correct. Did you know this was happening? And obviously it's not as simple as, hey, did you know? Yeah, like, you, you got to figure it out. you got to figure it out. You get to the bottom of who do you think knew, who can you prove knew, or whatever. And then essentially the way I look at this coming out, is eventually the reports are going to go to Robert Mueller's boss, who is Rod Rosenstein. Yes. And then he'll, I guess, decide what to do with those findings. Um. To be to be frank, obviously, if there is collusion and there is demonstrable proof, we'll find out about it pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, these these reports are not even going to be handed off, from what I believe, until after the midterm elections, from what we're reading here yes but after that once they are handed off i i think we'll i think we'll find out pretty quickly yeah and speaking of the midterm elections i know there's a lot of um this is a little off topic but uh still relates i believe i know there's a lot of people are not happy with the way our government's been run and the turnouts of the election but this is your opportunity to change that and make sure you go to the polls uh november 6th now a lot of us are visiting you know, we're not from Philly, so make sure you're registered in your districts or registered in Philly, whichever, wherever you think that you Registration is actually now closed. Oh, you're right. Registration is Tuesday, closed. Tuesday. As of Tuesday. Get your absentee ballot, yeah, though, well, because you can get that. if you're registered, go out and vote. Bottom line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go vote. Make your voice known. And get your absentee ballot. If you're away from home, you can get that until the Tuesday before the election. Important stuff, because I would, I would say, especially on a college campus. Yes. There are a lot more people who are registered. Um back home than they are here on campus, mm-hmm. and you do have an option to vote either place. Correct, um, which, yes. which is important, yes. Uh, Alicia, just your your thoughts on the general situation? Yeah, so I totally agree with you guys. I'm on the same page. I think the general public believes there was collusion with Russia. I think the question now is just what was President Trump's involvement, I think, whether or not we find that out, because like we said, Rosenstein, he can choose what he shares with Congress and what goes to the public. So... I think it's also up in the air. We don't exactly know his involvement, but we might not even find out according to what gets released. And just some some other things. This is also, I mean, it's possible nothing comes to this. Mueller's office declined to comment. Like, obviously, when stories like this come out, people people reach out and they say, well, what do you think about this Yeah, this news that we're getting? Um, they declined to comment. And it's also been put out in the in the media world that Rod Rosenstein may, may resign from his position. And if that happens then we'll just spiral even further into the rabbit hole of what's going to happen. Yes, yeah, there's... I thought Trump was trying to remove him, like, earlier in the year, maybe in April, and that would not have been good. That would have been pretty sketchy for all parties involved um, and not great for Rosenstein. Right, so he could have... It was up in the air of whether he was resigning or he was going to be fired by Trump. Mm-hmm. In which neither has happened at, yeah. at this point in time. Um, which is obviously another... Did you guys see the 60 Minutes interview? I personally did not. W- without going into it too much, um, the I can't remember the interviewer's name, but um, she asked President Trump, like, do you, do you have plans to get involved in this election? Do you have plans to try to try to out-mure? Do you have plans to, to do anything? That would involve firing Rosenstein as well. And he said, not for the time being. Yeah. He's like, um, maybe, if it yeah, becomes a problem. That's, <laughs> and that's what, essentially, we're just going to have to watch for, because obviously... Like I said before, we we may not find out about this for a while, but we're a lot closer to the end than we are to the beginning. 
which for something that has taken a tremendously long time um, to figure out, which obviously things like this do, you're not gonna you're not gonna do a one week investigation yeah. into whether or not uh, like they did for Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, the, the exec the executive leader of your country colluded with a foreign government to mm-hmm. win your election. Uh, that's gonna take a while. Um, and obviously, if you're gonna if you're gonna go there, you better you better be right, um, because obviously we're not gonna see actual findings until the people releasing the findings are dang sure that they can be confident in whatever it is they're releasing. I, I would uh, 100% agree there. I think um, there's a lot of talk because I know, was it Eric or Don Jr. that was uh, involved a lot in meeting with, the, their, there's a lot of speculation about him meeting with Russian agents. I believe it was Don Jr. Jr. John yep. Jr., correct. Thank you. And um, I think if this investigation turns out something that would be incriminating for Don Jr., uh, there's a lot of theories Trump's going to try and pardon him, and that's what's going to be the downfall. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at that specifically is if anyone that close to President Trump goes, he goes with him. Like, the, the way I look at it is this is going to end one of two ways. We're either going to see, up, yeah, well, we couldn't prove collusion. Like, maybe you think it was there, maybe it wasn't, whatever. Or we're going to continue to go up this ladder, and it's either going to stop just short of the actual, like, what— I would call the true administration or it takes them all because the way this works, if one of them knew they all knew and it's, it's the same thing. I, I like to compare it to a division one um, athletics coach, like the, the football coach, whether it be here at temple or at another division one school knows everything that's happening in that program. Yeah. It, it, and if you find out the assistant coach knew something, it's pretty dang likely that the coach knew. So in, in this instance, if, if Donald Jr. knows, or if Eric Trump knows, yeah. or if the Secretary of State knows, General Mattis, Mattis knows, whatever, it, it's just going all the way up. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of a mass exodus, if you will. Yes, and then we've already and seen several max exoduses. <laughs> max exodies. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I think it might be exoduses. We'll, we'll figure it out. But um, there have been a lot of mass exits um, from this administration, which is another thing that was talked about during the 60 Minutes interview, which Trump called very common, um, mm. which I don't know if I... I don't know if it's very common <laughs> when yeah. we talk about it and ask you what you think about it because it's uncommon. <laughs> well, time in the studio here is 4.15, so we're going to step aside for our first break. We come back, we'll have more news stories for you. Stay with us. So we got, we got some more spicy meatballs for you, as as Tony likes to say on the yes. show. I'll do my best Tony Pearson impersonation. Um, but the next next thing we're going to talk about is the the Senate race that has been heating up in Texas, and this is another thing we've we've mentioned once or twice over the last few weeks. Um, but now as we get closer to the midterms, it's going to become more and more important because there is a there's a race that I won't even say it's a brewing it's it's a brood it has been brewed <laughs> down in Texas and that is the incumbent senator republican ted, uh, ted cruz um former presidential candidate uh, former presidential favorite i would say uh, at one point also lion ted is that who's also <laughs> I, I actually almost I, said I lion hope ted you did. i was um, but for i stopped it. myself lion ted um, so yes lion, lion ted cruz i think he's also been fondly called like lion or no, he he's been called Crazy Ted Cruz, I believe. Mm. At, at different, I like Lion well. Ted. It's... Crazy as like could be positive. <laughs> what? Well, we'll <laughs> stick with it. Um, throw back to the the 2016 election, as we'll talk about. I'm sure Not many too long more ago. times. Yes. But 
Um, essentially, what's been happening here is Ted Cruz is now seven points ahead, according to different polls, um, with three weeks to go until the election. And this is a race that I think was not expected to be close and then became close very quickly. And if I remember correctly, I actually, several months ago, I remember scrolling through Twitter and I think seeing him when he first announced his campaign. And I was like, oh, this dude looks like a, a relatively work. like normal dude, but like, what, whatever, like, Nobody really expects that race to be close. Mm-hmm. But hey, this guy's, I, he was like started his campaign on Twitter essentially. I think at this point I'm looking at it, he has like a couple hundred followers. I'm like, all right, like go this guy, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's become, I don't want to say a powerhouse, but he's become a realistic he's a true choice. Grassroots hero. Yes. If you will. Um, for this campaign. Um, so just some, some storylines here throughout the election. Um, Ted Cruz has accused O'Rourke of supporting a $10 a barrel tax on oil. Um, a workshop back that Cruz is dishonest. Um, going back to the the Lion Ted yes. uh, reference, we'll be saying Lion Ted quite a lot. Yeah, and, and O'Rourke actually went on to say, "quote It's why the president called him Lion Ted, and it's why the nickname stuck because it's true." <laughs> um, O'Rourke fired back. Um, O'Rourke highlighted Cruz's 2016 bid for the presidential nomination, saying Cruz hasn't visited all 254 c- counties in Texas, but quote has been to all 99 in Iowa saying Ted Cruz is for Ted Cruz. Um which is an interesting thing for me in this campaign because Beto has has run his campaign based off the fact that he has been to all 254 counties in Texas. Um which I think gives you a point to say certain things. I I mentioned to you during the break that I remember seeing some tweets a couple weeks ago when there was a thunderstorm, there were some bad thunderstorms in Texas. I guess a lot of flights were being canceled because of it. Um, So Ted Cruz put out a tweet that was like, sorry, insert county in Texas here. I won't be able to make my town hall tomorrow morning. Um, Hopefully I'll see you soon. And then on the other hand, you saw Beto's tweet who said, oh, my flight was just canceled. Guess I'm hopping in my car and we'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) And that's kind of, I guess, the way Beto has tried to to spin how this campaign is. A choice of somebody Mm -hmm. who, who cares and maybe somebody who doesn't. And without, I mean, I'll, I'll disclose I'm a, I'm a Beto guy. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll see what happens all the way up here in Pennsylvania. I don't get a vote in the the Texas uh, Senate race, but if I did, uh, that's where mine would go. Okay. Okay. I'm sure he'd like to hear that. We'll we'll throw. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he cares a lot. I'm sure he's tuned in. Um, But it's just, it's interesting. And um, Cruz has accused O'Rourke of being the one, the only Senate Democratic candidate this cycle who has explicitly supported President Trump's impeachment, Mm -hmm. going on to say that if O'Rourke was elected, um, and did become a senator, we would get six years of a circus of, I guess, an undeserved attack on the president is how Ted Cruz has run his campaign. Well, Ted Cruz is hot and cold with Donald Trump. I don't know if you can remember. Yes. Did not like him. <laughs> he is during, endorsed yeah. by President Trump and down now this race. He's endorsed. Same with Marco Rubio, if we're going on, on the topic of people that will. That have you know, butt heads. And yeah, then- they. They work for themselves. They butt heads with Trump, and then they're like, oh, you know what? That would be very useful to have his backing, so we're boys now. That's very <laughs> annoying. Um, I know that there was a, a, a debate where Ted Cruz talked about Beto, O'Rourke, uh, Beto O'Rourke. Yes. It's the two O's back-to-back, very mm-hmm. difficult. Um, uh, he wanted a $10 a barrel tax on every barrel of oil in Texas is what he's saying. Um, O'Rourke has has defended that statement saying that he wants uh, I quote here saying that he wants to find more ways to fund national infrastructure projects which 
is very funny because Trump actually had some legislation about more national infrastructure projects. Uh, I believe earlier this year, earlier in January, maybe I'm not I'm not too sure on the date, but that is um, just an interesting nugget of information there that will come that came from this uh, debate. Um, another part of the uh, infrastructure, I think Trump wanted. There's a lot more with highways, if I remember correctly, and uh, of course the wall, which I don't know was happening. The the but... wall is a is a whole other story yeah, that we, wall, we won't get into. I don't want to get into the wall right now. <laughs> um, but no, this has essentially become a race um, of two standpoints. Obviously, like you said, you have the grassroots campaign, or at least how how he's trying to portray himself as a grassroots mm-hmm. campaign, who's like the oh we're gonna get change in Washington. I not that he said he's not a politician. But he's kind of running on the pain, like I'm a I'm a regular guy. I care about you. He's he's come out apparently. Um, one of the big controversies with him is he's been arrested for DUI in the past. Is something I've mm. seen, and he came out and he said, "I'll own up to that. I made a mistake." Um, and now I'm I've served my time. I yeah. don't think he did jail time, but I've no. faced my consequences, and now I'm trying to do something positive. Mm-hmm. Well, George W. Bush also had a DUI, and that was brought up in his when he was running for president i think in the first election yeah and it's not something i think that's been brought up a ton but it has made waves in that in that race and then the other hot button debate in this race is the the police brutality black lives matter issue um or not not issue as the way i would the debate is what we'll call it sure because o'rourke on one side is very very public in his support for the black lives matter movement the anti-police brutality movement, whatever you want to to name it. Um, he's given many, many speeches proclaiming that um, the time has come to stop um, unarmed black people from being killed by the police. Yes. And different, at one point, if you remember, um, Beto O'Rourke tweeted out a video of him speaking in a church and saying, this has to stop. And everyone, like, clapping and cheering, and Ted Cruz quoted it, and tweeted it out and put in Beto's own words. And people were like, you just tweeted something that he would consider a campaign ad. Yeah. And there's the whole debate on on how you how you take what he said. Um, you can take it two different ways. There are people who take that as anti-police. There are people who take that as pro-Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who say those two things are the same thing. Um, but that's, that's the debate that's going on in Texas. And obviously Ted Cruz um, advertises himself as someone who is very pro-police. Um, is pro law and order, as was the the key words in the last election cycle, and that's that's the decision that's going to be made in Texas, and in a state that used to be overwhelmingly conservative, the lines are are beginning to blur a bit. So I think these these results are going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Lisa? Yeah, hundred percent. I think O'Rourke is definitely a very charismatic candidate, um, and we can see that and through his issues and also. The debate was kind of characterized by personal attack. So it kind of went back and forth between these um, accusations, but also talking about policy. And in the debate last night, O'Rourke, um, he talked about the importance of the United States being an inspiration to the world. So he brought up many issues that um, were really prevalent in the Trump administration, which was the wall, the Muslim ban, um, taking kids away from their parents in terms of the immigration and all things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's all it's all going to be extremely interesting. Let's take a look at the calendar. What what day is election day? I believe it is November sixth. November sixth. Correct. The the first Tuesday mm-hmm. in November. So 
I mean, if you're for some reason listening from Texas, which I'm sure nobody is, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think um, go out and vote. Otherwise, <laughs> um, follow the campaigns, follow the follow the race, and we will see what happens. Time in the studio here is about four thirty-three. We're gonna step aside for our second break. We come back. We got a we got a few more stories for you. Just you don't want to miss it. Stay with us. And we're back here on Rational Radio. WHIP is Philly's number one college radio station, and you're listening to it. So you've made a good decision. Good job. If you want to join in on our last topic of the day, give us a call, 215-204-WHIP, 215-204-9447. And while you have your smartphone out, give us a follow on social media, at WHIP Radio. That's at W-H-I-P-R-A-D-I-O. Twitter, Instagram, find us on Facebook. We're there for you. MySpace. No, we're probably not on MySpace. We should make a MySpace we, page. Hey, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. That'll be it my title, the... MySpace page run coordinator. But we have we have one more story to get to. Evan, you wanna you wanna take it away? I actually think uh, Alicia is very passionate about the topic. Okay, I, was, I will spot. go no, ahead. We were talking, uh, talking over the break, and it, I feel like you'd be much more. <laughs> to do it than I would. Sounds good to me. I am passionate about this. So last week, Mayor De Blasio he signed a new birth certificate law. For New York City, and it provides um, residents in New York City the option to amend their gender on their birth certificate to an X. So basically, this X kind of delineates um, a gender-neutral aspect to the individual. Another part of this new law is it can let parents designate their baby's gender as X and allows adults to change their legal gender designation without a doctor's affidavit to confirm it. Hmm. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I'll admit I was not the most informed on this topic until uh, that ta- that last uh, commercial break. I knew that there was uh, an X option on the birth certificate, and I was like, well, I-, I don't feel like parents should be just deciding that for their child. But then Alicia informed me about um, a topic I was ignorant to, intersex, which people that are born uh, with characteristics that don't fit what the medical community typically defines as male and female. So uh, and that's one point seven of the one point seven percent of the population. Correct? Is that New York's population or is that the world? That's population? world population, that's and world that population. statistic is provided by the UN. Okay. So it's a lot more people are intersex that we know of, and a lot of people don't know what intersex is. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's when somebody is born with ambiguous genitalia. So the medical community can't exactly deem it male or female. So this new law is definitely a big win for the intersex community because now they can go back and um, amend their birth certificate, and they don't have to be forced into that rigid gender role. In addition, if somebody is born intersex, the parents, you know, don't have to make that decision. They can put an X making that child gender neutral, and they can make that decision for themselves. Now, do you know if they're designating their child as X, do they have to, is that when the kid is born intersex, or can they say, we want to raise our kid like genderless so so i'm gonna put it as x even though they do have male or female i'm not 100 percent sure if the parents having that autonomy to put that x is only if the child is born intersex i think the parents have that decision in general but i'm not 100 percent sure on that from what i understand of of reading this article to me it looks like a case where it's like hey in the past these 1.7 percent of people were just typically listed as female now or male <laughs> well yeah or, or female or male but i right. what the example here was saying that most of those 1.7% are listed as female that more often than not that is that is what right. people elect to do uh, because according to this article it says that um 
when this these instances happen, a lot of times I because I guess when intersex people grow up, they tend to look more female. Um, from what this is saying, okay. that most people will elect to go with that choice. Um, so now it gives you that option to kind of self-identify in a in a more accurate way, from what I understand. Because there's also it brings up the debate of should the the corrective surgeries that sometimes happen um, when an intersex child is born is that ethical? Right. Um, and from what I understand, this says there are 24 states, or no, there. Sorry, on August 24th, California mm-hmm. became the first state to say, hey, maybe when 1.7% of babies are born intersex, we shouldn't be doing corrective surgery. Right. So, um, which is a whole whole debate. Yeah, this was signed in on California that became the first state. And basically, um, it told the medical community that these medical procedures are non-consensual. Um, because what they're doing is they're cosmetically kind of, quote unquote, normalizing um, a child's body in order to kind of fit these typical medical models of whether they're male or female. But the intersex community, um, they're born with ambiguous genitalia, so they're not necessarily male or female. Um, and also, you know, they might choose that later on in life or they want to keep that gender neutral marker. And, you know, New York City passing that law allows them to go back and mend that as an adult. I, I think it's I think it's relevant to the times and not in the stereotypical debate that often happens now. This isn't the debate where it's like, oh, can you can you change your gender? And that's the, I'm not saying that's a bad debate to have. Like you, everyone has their thoughts. But from what I understand, that is not this debate. No, this is more yeah. giving people who did not necessarily have representation, representation, yes, right. or the ability to identify with their true selves. Um, that ability to do so not only at birth, but mm-hmm. then say a decision was made at one point that you now disagree with, you can go in and try and correct that. Yeah, and it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna help have that community uh, grow up and not feel like as much as a social anomaly as of I'm course. sure they do now. Yeah, so and the intersex community is still a marginalized community, but now, you know, we're bringing attention to these issues. And something interesting is actually a supermodel by the name of Hanny Gabby Odiel. She recently came out as intersex. Um, and it's a certain type of intersex called CAIS. And that is people who have bodies that are typically female on the outside, but internally they have testes. So that's another thing is, you know, if we're looking at phenotypically or genotypically, um, sometimes you can be born with XX or XY, but, you know, your genitalia don't correlate to that. And so that's like another great thing about the X gender marker is you can choose how you want to identify. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I completely agree. Well, we're going to move on. We have one more story for today, and that is a paralyzing polio-like illness um, has been affecting children in 22 states. Um, so, so far this year, 127 cases have been confirmed of acute flaccid myelitis, or mm. AFM, according to the Center we'll of just Disease go Control of AFM. Um, <laughs> Prevention, which is essentially, I'll, I'll call it a, a branch of polio. It's, it's polio-like. Um, and of the cases announced um, on Tuesday, 62 have been confirmed. So there's 127 suspected, and 62 of those 127 have been straight up confirmed. Um, more than 90% of the cases that have been confirmed 
happen in children 18 and younger with the average age being four. Um, yes. This is essentially the debate. I mean, the way I'll pose it. Yeah. Is this comes down to, well, let me, let me rephrase. This may come down to vaccines. Yeah, I was just going to say, sounds like right. all these kids have been vaccinated. They, they I'm ha- just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Do, do we? Like, Wait, am I missing something yeah. here? Do we know if there's a correlation to this a polio-like sickness and if there's a vaccine well, to prevent it? With a hundred and, um, with a vaccine prevent it? No, I don't know. Man, but, nobody knows. As far no, as okay. 127, the sample size is so small, and the amount of people that get vac- vaccinated, like mm-hmm. I'm getting my flu shot. I hope you guys are. <laughs> uh, so. I'm not sure. I don't think there's, I don't think there's going to be any evidence for anyone to argue that that is okay. about vaccinations. Like I, like I know I wouldn't let, say I were a father, I would not let my kids play with kids that were not vaccinated. I was so, gonna say hot take, but I really don't think that's, that's not a, very a hot take. take. That's a, I don't um, want my kid to die. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, Evan, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think if we were to have that debate, I would say vaccinate your children. Yep. Um, and I, I do know people who are anti-vaccination. You know them in person. I do. That's I, interesting. I, I do know. Uh, a You're gonna have co- to, I know at least one person. I'd love is, to get dinner with. Who is anti-vaccination? Okay. And to that, I say vaccines do not cause autism. And as much as there are, um, cons to getting vaccinated, they do not outweigh the pros. Yeah. And there are are dangers to what can happen when you get vaccinated. Um, but what I would say is. Polio-like diseases and the like yeah. are are much worse than than most of the side yeah. effects that we we know can come from vaccines. And that might not be uh, in the front of a lot of people's minds. Like, I don't know when was the last time you like saw someone, then you were like, "Oh, that person has polio." It's a very manageable it, disease. It doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't right. happen anymore, really. So this is just such a big issue. Yeah, and that's that's something we need to get under control with. If there are vaccinations that these kids didn't get or if there's a vaccination that they can get obviously not now but yeah uh, and and i I do want to stress before we go any further that this is not something that people like that's been shown that a vaccine could have prevented um this is this is slight speculation that that we're going mm -hmm. with here because when you see polio like disease the first thing that jumps to mind is well hasn't polio essentially been been cut yes um which just causes that that side of the conversation. The CDC has not come out and said what's caused this because as far as I, I know, the CDC does not know what is causing this. There are no specific treatments at this point in time and long-term outcomes are still unknown as this is a, a rare um, disease that people are seeing. So far, one person um, has died of this disease. And it's directly mm-hmm. related to the polio Polio-like AFM, disease. I think, is what it was called. AFM. Yes, AFM. AFM. Okay. Acute flaccid myelitis. Okay. Now, I'm not smart enough to know what those words mean. <laughs> Acute means small. I know well, that. yes. <laughs> uh, we all know what flaccid. <laughs> I'd say. All right. So. That, thanks, Evan. Right. I guess the myelitis is myelitis unknown. is a big one for me. I don't know what um, myelitis means. I'll but yes, it. so I see it's listed here that the increase in the, I believe, AFM started in 2014, and there's a significant more amount um now since 2017 so do you guys think this is directly correlated to i guess the new phenomenon now of should you vaccinate your children uh well since we don't have any 
like data that says that vaccinated vaccination could have pre- prevented this, mm-hmm. I say no. Okay. But I, I'd say that I mean definitely vaccinate. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of where I was going yeah. with this. Is although I I do not ever want to I do not want to sit here and act like this is directly related to that. But if we if we reach the topic, yeah, I, will, I will urge people to vaccinate their. Children. Vaccinate them. Vaccinate all of them. <laughs> Um, but I did uh, Google what myelitis means, and uh, one second. Take it away. Well, the the window closed. However, here it is: inflammation of the spinal cord. So it's okay. small. Uh, it's basically making like your spinal cord flaccid at the bottom. Okay. Which, it sounds like. which is not good. Which is not good. No, and like that's kind of like the imagery that brings to mind there is like polio and like the polio crutches yeah. and everything because you know. Absolutely. Well. With that being said, we're going to inch closer to the top of the hour, which means we need to get the heck off the We air. do. i got stuff to do. So, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody. For Evan and Alicia, I'm Dan Wanzer. We'll see you next time.